Guys, welcome back to the Property Pod. You're easy to listen to, an accessible way into the property market. I can see Patrick Berry opposite me on the desk with his Property Pod T-shirt on. Right, I love I'm it. rocking a Property Pod T-shirt today. You just wanted to rep the brand a little bit today, just make sure that everybody knew we were recording. Yeah, pretty much. Yeah, fair enough. And John I actually didn't want to wear a suit. Not that I ever wear one anyway, <laughs> but I just felt like a T-shirt today. John's not wearing a fur coat, but it's that damn nice um, tartan one that he's got. It's, it's a really sharp coat, my man. I do like the burgundy. I bought first time ever bought burgundy this uh, in twenty twenty. Never looking back. I did wonder the color scheme here at four one four is kind of that uh, darkish red color. Yeah, I'd never seen you wore it until you became a member here. Was it kind of a uniform change? Like you're like, all right, I'm getting rid of. The old colours, now I'm wearing something new. I think it was just, uh, um, what would you say, uh, good timing, serendipitous? Is that the, is that a word for it to make it sound fancy? Yeah. Um, but, uh, yeah, it, w- it worked well for me. So now with the black chinos and the red shirt and it's like, I'm, I mean, might not have a, uh, you know, 414 uh, badge on, but the thing is all the colours match. Yeah. So I'm, I'm, I'm all for that. Yeah, hell yeah. yeah. What, uh, what's on the go today? What are we doing uh, property pod-wise? Who are we talking to? Uh, well, it's actually um, Tuan from Duo Quantity Tax Surveyors. It's going to be uh, what is a potentially dense subject, but realistically, if you're considering buying investment property, you are an investor, this is actually a must-listen to because fundamentally this whole podcast is going to be about maximising uh, the tax benefits out of your investment property, which fundamentally, if you go into investment to build wealth, um, this is a huge part of it. Oh, I'm petrified. <laughs> I'm pretty confident I'm not talking much for the next half hour. <laughs> I just have no idea what – I really hope this guy knows his stuff because I know nothing. I'm going to be just a fish, fish in a barrel just <laughs> shooting at anything. And, whew, Here we all go. Right, so, <laughs> so with that sort of intro, yeah, yeah, yeah. good luck. Well, like, listen along and you'll see if you'll hear us make any sense as this goes on. But we really – Thank you for getting the guest in, John. We're looking forward to this chat. Yeah, no, I reckon. Um, no, I reckon. I reckon we'll be fine. I'm All pretty right. confident that you you always find good guests, John. So it's going to be an interesting listen. Just Aaron and I might not have a lot to add to the conversation. <laughs> we'll get a coffee while the chat's on. <laughs> well, no, look, we we don't. No disrespect to our guests. We know yeah. this is going to be. Yeah. This is why we get good people. Yeah. So, yeah. Yeah. Yep. You got it. Hopefully, by the end of it, we'll all be more enlightened. That's the point. Let's do it. All Let's right. That's right, guys. We're here with today's guest. I have got Tuan from Duo Tax Quantity Surveyors, someone that's reached out to the podcast and uh, we're happy to have them on. Good morning, Tuan. Good morning. Good morning, Aaron. Uh, thanks for having us on. Uh, great to join you guys this morning. Not a problem, man. Can, um, can you just let the listeners know a little bit about yourself, uh, where, you're, where you're situated and, and how, you, uh, how you fit into the property game? Sure, sure. So um, myself, Aaron, I've I've uh, I've been a property investor now for about eight years, um, and uh, part of that journey of being a property investor, I've come across uh, tax depreciation. Uh, part of anyone who's investing in property should be taking on depreciation because it's an it, it, effectively it's it's a it's a legislation that's been provided by the ATO, uh, the Australian Tax Office, to provide property investors the opportunity to reduce their taxable income uh, or reduce their rental income. Uh, and and, and, and by 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 getting a quantity surveyor to assess the depreciation on a rental property, that means the building of the property uh, is essentially depreciable, which allows the the, the, the property investor then to uh, 
assessed for a lower rental income. That means they're paying less tax each year because their building is essentially depreciating. So then I had to get that uh, that depreciation schedule myself, which is referred to as a tax depreciation schedule. And that helps property in, and, and at that time helped me severely, massively reduce my tax when I was on a you know, a 60K base, uh, you know, a, lot, a long time ago was a, a young fella, yep. which means that, um, you know, for me, it went a long way. So then I decided, you know what, if it, if it helps me in, in, in that, with that much value, of course, there's got to be other people out there who don't know about this service, like, like myself as a first time investor. Huh? Yeah, no, it's, <laughs> it's nuts. It's, it's, what was your background before you, like, you obviously bought your house and then learned about it and went into it. Were you doing accounting and stuff? Yeah. Or? I was a, um, no, I had nothing to do with it. Yeah. I was a civil engineer. I used to sort of uh, work, you know, work with Len Lease and, uh, you know, dig holes in the city and build build high rises and that sort of thing. And I became a property investor and uh, I couldn't believe like this guy like turned up in my house. Uh, you know, I'm not sure if you know the company Washington Brown. They came out to do a depreciation schedule in my house and he was like, he whipped around for 15 minutes and he was gone and he charged me like 700 bucks. I was like, get the hell out of here. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so I threw up the boots and uh, yeah, I... I yeah, I, I, I just started the business in 2015 and back uh, called Duo Tax Quantity Surveyors. Uh, now we've got uh, maybe 15, 16 staff that work with us and I've never sort of looked back. And uh, we, we're trying to reach more people, especially first-time investors who deserve to know about this. Uh, it's not something that uh, people just know about when they buy a property. Uh, so that's my job. Yeah, it's amazing. It's kind of one of those things, as John said, oh, we've got this guest coming in and, you know, he's going to talk about tax depreciation. And I said, oh, no. Yeah, I'll be honest, John didn't sell it very good. <laughs> <laughs> made it sound like the most no. boring thing ever. So, <laughs> no, we can tell you've got some passion there, man, and I'm, I'm really intrigued to hear more about this. When you say kind of the depreciation of things, the little bit of research I did kind of, it made it seem like, you know, like the things that get used in your house or your rental property, Property, your fixtures and your fittings and stuff like that, they're going to wear and tear over time and then that's going to lower their value. Am I on the right track with this stuff? Yep. 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 Certainly. Yep. So, exactly right. yeah, as as they're depreciating in their um, uses, value, you're kind of balancing out the books across the board. Yeah. I can see you nodding your head. That's That means I'm on the right track. I feel right. like I'm... I'm about to fall off a cliff. Can you help me? Aaron, Aaron, I was, was going to let you have a go there, but you did pretty well. Uh, it did exceptionally well. So um, you've got the gist of it. Yep. And obviously there's a lot more legislation and you know tax rulings around it in what you can and can't claim yep. depending on the circumstances. Okay. So I'm more than happy to enlighten you on that. Yeah, hit me with as much <laughs> as you can. because Hit me with your best shot. That's, yeah. as, that's as deep as I've got and I'm, I'm out from here on in. I, I think before if we could get into the meat of it, we might be better off um, prefacing who, like um, the, the kind of person that this is going to really benefit specifically. So I know a lot of the time in this podcast we've talked about, one, building a team and then you've got obviously your home ownership if you're living in the property. But in this this um, specifically specific feels a bit more of a deep dive because it relates specifically to an investor if they've got an investment property. Is that correct? That's correct. Uh, typically, most of the time, this will relate to a property investor or even a homeowner who's thinking about switching their mm. owner-occupied property into an investment, which yeah. is something I did myself uh, when I first purchased my property. And the rules have changed since then as well to, as to how, how you can depreciate it. Because back then, there was it was a free run. If you had an investment property, uh, an owner-occupied property, which I lived in for the first six months and obtained a grant uh, and things like that, then uh, after six months, I decided to rent it out. Um, I could depreciate the whole asset. 
uh, everything, including the building and then also the plant and equipment. So they're the two main keys uh, of when it comes to depreciation. Nowadays, since 2017, they've actually changed the legislation. So you can't exactly just do that. You can't exactly just move out of it uh, and rent it out and claim full depreciation like I used to be able to do back in 2012. So it's a it's a, it's a very different uh, market we're in now. And I think that was to do with uh, easing mainly a lot of that we had this big housing bubble where everybody was buying property um, and then the the ATO came out with a with a legislation that was uh, marked as a as part of the 2017 budget which meant that because property investors were um, over claiming depreciation on on on, on assets that's where uh, the ATO has come up with this legislation to reduce the amount of depreciation that's eligible for property investors which I'm happy to go through in more detail Absolutely. So then, um, so now we've got, I suppose, who this is going to be um, information is important to. So we'll carry on from um, where Aaron was starting the uh, starting the story. Um, would really mm. just sort of finish the idea that we know that um, the depreciation elements is the um, where the value decreases on your, you know, the assets, etc. over time. So that's sort of as far as we got to. So could you then walk us through specifically what this, um, you know, depreciation schedule really means in that, or what, uh, so people can understand then. Well, sure. So that we can understand actually. Yes, that would be so. <laughs> yeah, yeah, which is uh, when I say people, I say me. <laughs> <laughs> that, and that's and that's the point of it, right? And uh, like like myself, John, uh, you know, many years ago, I, I had no idea about this. I was I bought my first property that became a rental property. Piece of cake to understand. Okay, well, we can claim uh, you know uh, council rates as a tax deduction. Because it's easy, we've forked out the money. We've put, we've, 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 we've had to pay accounts rates, so that's a deduction. Then you've got your water rates, that's another deduction. Um, then you've got your rental agency fees, which is your property management fees at five or percent or three percent, whatever it is. Then you've got, um, you know, I guess maintenance fees. If there's anything that breaks, you claim a deduction on that because that's an expense on that uh, on the on the. I guess it's not a business per se, but the ATO treats it like a business and allows property investors to reduce their taxable income with all these types of deductions, expenses. The other thing that we don't ever think about is depreciation is, and that's why, because essentially depreciation is an, uh, they call it a, a non-cash deduction. So it's only an on paper loss where a quantity surveyor, which is someone like myself, who's a construction economist, is approved by the ATO to assess for the value of the building and the plant and equipment within that building. Okay. Now, what that means is that we don't essentially have to pay when we buy this property for say $600,000, we don't essentially have to say, okay, well, I've physically paid for an oven, a range hood, a hot water system. We don't essentially pay for it, physically pay for it. So that means that we don't have to, uh, we don't think about it when it comes to tax return time. Oh, you know, these are my expenses. So this is where a quantity survey comes with a tax depreciation schedule, which literally is numbers and on paper loss that says, oh, my first year deduction is made up of plant and equipment and the building of $5,000. That $5,000 I never forked out, so I don't actually remember to claim it as a tax deduction. And that's mm. why a lot of people miss it. So what, what to prepare a tax depreciation schedule, essentially, I've got to go out, a quantity surveyor attends to the property, visits a property, surveys it for things like ovens, range hood, down lights, blinds, square meters of carpet, and then we work out a rate, a cost that we, we as, as a uh, construction economist, we specialize in us understanding the cost of construction and also work out the bricks and mortar, slab, the framework, the roofing, and work out, okay, how much is that building worth? 
um, then we can then compile, okay, this is the total value of the building. But the ATO says, okay, you've got an oven, an oven based on the tax ruling, uh, which is uh, 2019 at this stage, is a tax effective life schedule tax ruling, which says an oven will last 13 years, a range hood will last 10 years, um, and then you've got carpets lasting 12 years. They've got all these different effective lives, lives which effectively allow the property investor to then claim depreciation at different rates. Um, and then the rate for depreciation on the building is a fixed uh, value, which is 40 years. So if it's 40-year depreciation on the building, that means we're going to, because the building typically is expected to last a lot longer. And then what we do is then we line up two categories. So you got all your plant equipment, which is all your oven range with cook, uh, cooktop, et cetera. They all bank into one column, which is plant and equipment, and the other would be would be your plant, uh, your building, which is two and a half percent. Now we take those two values in each financial year, and it's split over forty years to give the property investor a very clear indication: this is how much I can claim in the first financial year, the second financial year, third financial year, all the way to year forty. And hence, it's it's a forecast report to give the the property investor an opportunity to claim depreciation as a tax deduction against their rental income. So yeah, that's really interesting because you've described before, we're so familiar with the instant claimable items. So those ones you expend immediately. So as you said, the rates, your management fees, et cetera. So obviously if your management fees were a thousand bucks, you'd be claiming a thousand dollars. But in the depreciation schedule described, it's like you know me- measured out over a course of time. And correct me if I'm wrong, Twine, but just in this instance, say we'll go back to the stove example, which you said was 13, 14 years, correct? Or yep. something like that. So then, okay, we bought the stove for $1,000. Um, I'll try and do easy numbers, but then... Um, I'll just say over a 10-year lifespan, so it's easy for me. Um, but then, $100. Yeah, so, so every year, so the stove was worth 1000 So then the next year it, dedu- it, was, it had a deduction of value by $100. And so therefore, yeah. effectively, um, you've got an, a, another deduction of $100 um, that you can utilise as a result of the stove losing value. Is that is that sort of a, correct. a good number? Correct? That's that's correct, and and then that's that's to put it in a very simple method. Yeah. Um, we, there, there's actually when we go dive a little bit deeper, there's actually two methods of depreciation. They call it diminishing value and prime cost method. Which I don't want to try to confuse anyone, but once we oh, get we're into already these, confused, <laughs> man. Yeah. <laughs> But effectively, uh, there's two methods of depreciation. They call it the prime cost method and the diminishing value method. Mm -hmm. The diminishing value method is a much more aggressive method of depreciation, whereas a prime cost method is a more lineal uh, type of depreciation method. And the ATO will allow you to choose one as a property investor because the quantities value is is always putting both methods on every report. Um, But once you choose a method, you have to stick to it. So that way you don't overlap on the the claim of depreciation on the asset. Mm -hmm. Now, when we talk about building uh, depreciation, that's called prime cost. We can't actually depreciate the building right. as a, a diminishing value. And prime cost is a fixed amount, which is a 2.5%. Same thing can be applied for the plant and equipment, okay, which is oven, like you said, $100 a year. But the ATO also has this method called diminishing value method for the plant equipment. So things like the oven, at yes, it's $1,000, but once the value of the asset falls below 1000 they will allow you to aggressively depreciate the asset at 37.5%. And if it's valued less than $300, like, for example, if I buy one uh, you know, bar stool and it's valued $150, I can actually claim 100, 100% deduction on that. Right. Because the ATO is like, well, that's quite reasonable. If someone buys an asset that's worth less than $300, why would you depreciate over 10 years at $30? It's it's marginally not worth it. And that's my job, essentially, to work out, okay, what is the type of asset? Can we depreciate more aggressively? 
Uh, and if so, let's give them the deduction so, and, 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 and encapsulate that in each financial year's deduction so we can make the most of the depreciation. And of course, as you guys know, if we can write off the asset in the earlier years and not have to wait 10 years, we're getting better value out of the, uh, out of the property. Absolutely. Well, that's the thing. You again from, I mean, the whole purpose of an investment in Sunrise, it's a financial vehicle to building future wealth. And so the idea I'd see then of um, the, getting the maximum out of your tax returns is that's giving you better access to cash flow. So if you can, um, you know, obviously organise um, your tax structure in this um, in a depreciation schedule as best as you can as an investor, you know, you can have more money in your back pocket at the end of the year, which means you can reinvest that money back into the property into other uh, opportunities as well. And I suppose that's the purpose fundamentally of a quantity to surveyor is, like you said, as a, as a construction economist, um, it's to enable you to get as much tax uh, benefits out of your property as you possibly can. That's exactly right. And I think it's a really good, important point that um, you made there about, you know, increasing and maximising the, 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 the return on investment of your property. And, and we talk about $5,000 or $4,500 per se as a deduction. And this is a real deduction. Typically, our average investor or clientele would would claim somewhere between four to six thousand dollars on their tax deduction each in the first very first year of obtaining the report. Usually, typically high in the first years, but if we, we talk about four and a half thousand on a typical Australian wage, you'd be getting back in your pocket about fifteen hundred dollars. Okay, mm-hmm. I think fifteen hundred dollars. Let's just do a quick calculation there as a as a tax refund, right after all net. Uh, after the calculation, if we say um, uh, let's let's say thirty uh, percent, we're claiming about five hundred dollars per. Uh, uh, sorry, fifteen hundred. Let's divide that by fifty-two. We're getting twenty-eight dollars a week. Mm. So I think for doing just get obtaining a report that's worth maybe five to six hundred dollars that you're outlaying in your out of out of pocket expense, you're getting five uh, potentially twenty-eight dollars per week for the whole year. Okay, in the first year alone, and that's good cash flow. Yeah, and that, sure. that that's always good cash flow to always think about. Okay, should I reinject this into my next property, or if you want, pay off your bills, whatever it might be. But well, it's a it's a very good vehicle. There's your guilt free coffee budget too, if you want to. Yeah, look at or, that your, way. or your Friday yeah. night over eats if yeah. you don't want to cook. Well, so this <laughs> so this is a really interesting um, position then. So at the start, you said you when you you know you bought your first investment property, but I think a lot of people go through this journey where they've had their primary place of residence, and then they think, well, I'm going to convert it into an investment property. Um, and I think you said, oh, so then some people might buy it outright. It might be a brand new property, it might be an old one. But I mean, a common scenario, obviously, is that we all just it becomes we become an investor um, by accident. You like level up into yeah. your next house. You're like, oh, that was my first home. I'm ready oh, for my next one. I've got some equity. Oh, well, we'll just kind of rent this one out. Yeah. yeah. So I know there was sort of a thought I was thinking was before then even um, when with when it comes to engaging a quantity disavail, like it happens a lot of time, we always ask experts' advice after we've done the fact. Um, so imagine then if when what would be a, what is a, an ideal time frame if we, we you know we expect we're going to be investor in 12 months time with primary place of residence uh, but we're intending to do renovations is it then a, a point that we'd engage you men, you know really really early in the track long before we'd even be considering either buying investment property or converting it into one uh, great question John um, when it's your owner occupied property there's definitely no uh, necessary reason to get the depreciation schedule until we know for certain uh, that we're going to rent the property out okay mm. when we do think about renting the property out uh, it's best to engage us before we have the tenants move in. Typically, that's when we get engaged 
the property manager says, okay, great, we're gonna, we've got it, we've we've found a tenant for your owner-occupied property. This is the date they're moving in. It'd be ideal to get the quantity survey in there in between that time between when you're thinking about when you're moving out and when the tenant moves in. So that way it's vacant. The last thing you want is to have a new tenant and then they get all the disruptions and the disturbances. And this is this is this is typically why I recommend to get the report done then. A lot of people, I guess, after they've lived in it for five years, they decide to rent it out. They want to do a renovation. Best thing to do is have the quantity surveyor come in after the renovation so that we can assess the property for what it is and also what's been included. Obviously, typically you'd have maybe a, a builder's quotation or a builder's scope of work. We can work through the scope and find out, okay, well, if he's done this many square meters of carpet, you know, redid the floor here, we can then work clearly to work out exactly the scope and capital, um, capitalizing that that into the uh, into the depreciation schedule as well. One thing is really important, I think I mentioned this a little bit early into the, the podcast, is that when we've got property investors or, or should I say owner occupiers like myself back then, if you buy these properties in today and you decide to, okay, I'm going to live in it a year, for a year, then I'm going to rent it out. The ATO has come up with that news legislation back in 2017, May, the budget, when they had this issue where they thought, okay, well, there's so much depreciation being claimed and I really think that there were so many property investors in the market and they were just trying to diffuse that um, uh, with the Royal Commission and all that, but I won't get into that. But really, um, that drove home the point that they wanted us to reduce the amount of depreciation people could claim. And what they did was they, when I mentioned earlier about plane and equipment, and building, what they did was, if you buy an existing property uh, that's secondhand, um, that means it's you know you're you, you bought it off someone else. That asset, the, the building and the, the plan and equipment assets within that building can no longer be depreciable. Okay. Yeah. Uh, so they mm. won't let you buy uh, a secondhand property like I did and claim depreciation like I used to. They've mm. they've abolished that. So now, you, as a property investor, an individual taxpayer, you can no longer claim depreciation on secondhand planning equipment but mm. not to say we can't claim depreciation we can still claim depreciation on what is called capital works or building depreciation which is at two and a half percent and this only applies to smsf and individual taxpayers so if you buy it in your your sort of um you know your self-managed super fund um or you buy it in your individual name you cannot claim depreciation on secondhand planning equipment only can claim uh, a building plan building depreciation on the structure of itself I'm starting to get this because I was going to say what happens if you, um, you know, moved into a place and the oven was over 13 years old. Like it doesn't make sense that you could do, like claim that because it's already been claimed essentially. Mm. But I'm that was this. was happening. Yeah, correct. And and that was uh, the the idea of uh, of of the of the idea of um, the ATO recognizing that people were over claiming on overvaluing assets over and over again. Um, but you know, back then the logic was that okay, I bought a secondhand property. But there's still some residual value in that oven. But now, if the, if the new quantity surveyor comes in and says, "Okay, well, that oven's worth twelve hundred bucks, and originally it was only paying eight hundred dollars," well, yep. there's a problem. Yep. So there was no actual merit, or and now what they're requiring is an actual receipt. So you, you can claim plant equipment on a secondhand property, but it has to be a brand new asset that's bought from good guys or Harvey Norman installed with a tax invoice. Yeah, for sure. Yep, a paper well, trail. Well, that's interesting then. So say, um, you know, if we're um, uh, – the difference between then um, doing your own work or cash jobs, you know, sometimes mm-hmm. we'll try and obviously save some money up the front by yeah, doing it ourselves or, you know, we might um, save money at the front with a tradesperson by paying, a, you know, a cash job. Um, yeah. 
is then so are you saying that you defraud the government john never <laughs> never i was just that's in quotes right hypothetically hypothetically this happens sometimes um you've got a then, mate you know a mate yeah, you know yeah a guy. exactly you know a guy um or gal uh, but yeah so what so if then um imagine you did all the work you, you know you, even your investment property you were you know you were very handy so you could do all the building work yourself um mm. and then um but you didn't carry any receipts of the work or the cost of any of that material can the quantity mm. survive still work with that or do you, are you really gonna if that's a, i suppose a thought then if you are going to do the work do you want to ensure that it's you know um you know all you know with ensure you've got receipts or you do it yourself where you don't what's going to be the better option in terms of your long-term tax um benefit on a, on a quantity surveyor good good question john and we do I'll, i'll be honest with you we get a lot of clients that uh that have this same issue where you know obviously getting trades in and you know cash prices whatever it might be it does save them uh costs and our, our job is to ask the client now what did you what do you think you've expensed on the property and obviously typically they will always over <laughs> overquote what they've spent um but my job yeah, is to um make i guess bring some fact uh into the the actual uh, uh build itself a lot of the time it's typically a granny flat or it might be a reno and what i do is uh as a quantity surveyor um similar to what we do with existing plan equipment and and the rule still is protected by the way for the guys that are buying property prior to 2017 and they're organizing tax depreciation schedules now we can still organize a report and claim the second hand plan equipment by valuing that asset without any receipts that was our job mm-hmm. um and that same principle applies to, to somebody who's built a brand new granny flat and they said I've never claimed depreciation I don't know what it's worth uh and and, and, and in terms of uh you know tracking receipts and logging the costs um a quantity surveyor can go out there and measure out the building work out whether it's brick veneer uh terracotta roof tiles um you know size of the fl- a slab um and roof you know roof openings window openings all these costs will then amalgamate to a depreciation schedule that will be compliant with the tax office as soon as long as we can cite it witness it and work out to the T every sort of uh, nut and bolt on that property that's put together so definitely mm. it's something we can do same thing if you buy a second a second hand property for us to work out the construction costs of a property that's already been sitting there for 10 years we have to go out there and physically measure every square meter of the building wall you know sort of uh, water you know sort of uh, bathrooms the whole shebang oops sorry over she's right man that's right it's getting excited <laughs> <laughs> that's it <laughs> i hope that makes sense though in terms yeah. of being able to value of course it has to be at market value it has to be fair and reasonable um and it's always at the discretion of the ato if the ato feels that the quantity surveyor's value is overquoted or underquoted they do have the right to obviously uh discuss with um with the client um on, on how they sort of come across these uh these values see that's really interesting because i've got a, a friend of mine um and they have effectively tried to not engage any person by paying any person of any profession any professional fees um so it's the case that they're doing it all themselves and one of the things you know she talked about was she'd organized around depreciation schedule and when i sort of got an idea i said look you know i don't need to hear any more just say so you know you're doing it wrong but here's some people you need to speak with but that's totally up to you um but see and the re- what was so what I'm 
I'll come back to the idea where you said you're a construction economist where um, – so in that case, what she was doing was most likely overvaluing all her assets and then, you know, making claims on it anyway. But if ever that was to be analysed, they'd be like, where did you come up with these numbers? Um, where's your profession to be able to back this up? So we want to see some proof that these, you know, these act- these values that you came up with are, you know, true and correct and fair. Um, so, mm-hmm. so then the thing is, I suppose, why it's so important to engage a quantity surveyor like yourself – go back to construction economist is that from the from a tax officer's perspective you've got the qualifications the skills and the knowledge to say okay this terracotta tile that we've you know um you know though we don't have the specific receipt to pay for it we can back it up by saying we've measured it here's some um, common elements of what they might cost at the time so that's why we've mm. come up with this fair value it's not a means that you've been able to do it in a, a lot you know exact like for like but because of mm. your expertise, you can still create a fair value. Therefore, the tax office deems that's fair and they will trust that advice. Is that a good summa- summation of that? That's that's perfect. And that's exactly right. And and the whole idea as a property investor or, or you know, as a, as a taxpayer is we don't want to take the risk on of doing things we're not sure about, especially mm. same thing as when we go do a tax return, we go see an accountant at a registered tax agent because we're not sure what is depreciable, what is, uh, you know, what is what something we can expense. When you can expense it, you can claim a complete write-off on it. Um, and so, you know, when you when you go through a depreciation schedule, same thing. If I came across something and someone said to me, well, I've, you know, I've this wall fell apart and it was moulding, um, so I had to sort of replace the wall. Saying, so can you depreciate? I say, well, you don't have to depreciate that wall because the wall was rotting. Um, you have every right to replace the wall and claim a hundred percent deduction of, say, you spend a thousand dollars on plasterboard, claim the thing right, right off. Otherwise, a thousand dollars on plasterboard, you'd be claiming two point five percent, which is twenty five dollars per year yeah. uh, for a very, very long time, uh, and you don't want to be doing that. Uh, so that's that is the benefit. And as quantity surveyors, we are not we are registered tax agents similar to a, an, a, an accountant. However, we have conditions with our registration with, it, with the tax board, and that is we can only advise on depreciation. Uh, very important thing. And, and the, tax, the tax ruling, if anyone wants a reference, is uh, TR 97 slash 25, which the ATO says uh, you are entitled to claim depreciation on your rent, residential uh, or, or commercial uh, rental property as long as it is done by suitably qualified persons, which is listed below, and one of those is a quantity surveyor. So that's an interesting distinction. So <clears throat> where obviously we've got two, you could say you've got two accountants in your team at this point. You've got um, your personal tax accountant for your incomes and all that kind of stuff and then your quantities of air. So where, so if I'm looking for, you know, I'm, I'm sitting there, I'm stuck, I'm going, oh, okay, which, which person of my team do I ask about um, the depreciation on my um, property? So I would, I, would, I would speak with you first. You'd give the correct written advice that, so that we would then provide that to our um, uh, accountant that would then apply those deductions to our income statement. Is that how the, the team would work? Yeah, so typically well, everybody, the, 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 the tricky thing about where, where the space I'm in is mm. uh, being a quantity surveyor, no one has any idea what a quantity surveyor is. Uh, so typically our work is mostly B2B in, in that uh, we are referred the work from an account. So typically a, a property investor, first time says, okay, I better go see an accountant uh, because of, you know, it's going to be tricky. I don't know what I can claim, what I can't claim. So they go see an accountant. The first question the accountant always asks would be, well, one that is uh, savvy would ask you, do you have a tax depreciation schedule because you've got a rental property? Then they say, no, what the hell is that? 
then when they get referred to a quantity surveyor where they, they're pretty much their tax return is literally everything is compiled, put together, drafted, ready for submission. And all it's waiting for is two items, which is your plane equipment and your building uh, depreciation. Once mm-hmm. we get those assets assessed by a quantity surveyor, that quantity surveyor will send that file across to the accountant for lodgement with that tax return to finalize and get the final amounts because typically there's always a balance owing. So my job is to reduce that and get into a position of uh, of refund rather than payable. Absolutely. Hell yeah. Well, so then um, we've, we've obviously organized like a full schedule, uh, at, but like you said, where um, the, there's the wall rotting, so we've replaced that. Is that then... Um, if, if any then building work that you do within your investment property, you have to refer that back for advice to the quantity surveyor. Is that the person you need to be asking that advice from? That's correct. Um, typically, I mean, with anything, when it comes to being able to claim something, as long as we have written evidence, it's cases where there isn't written evidence that the quantity surveyor can be very helpful. But if, for example, you've you've got your depreciation schedule, you go and buy an oven in three years' time because it's you know it, it needs a it needs a bit of an upgrade, you can give that two thousand um, dollar you know oven receipt to the the the, the uh, accountant, and he can create his own depreciation schedule. It's right. when things get a little bit more tricky when you've got a whole investment property and you've got a building contract that says $250,000 for this brand new house. Mm. But then in, within these um, these building contracts, they don't tell you what the oven cost is, the range hood or the air con. Mm. So that's where the, that, and, and, and if you reclaim $250,000 over 40 years, you're doing yourself an injustice. You'd rather say, okay, $250,000, $175,000 is your building and the $75,000 is all your planned equipment. And if we can get $75,000 reduced down to say, you know, um, you know, we, we can depreciate that aggressively instead of claiming, let me just work that out, sorry, uh, divided by okay. 40 years, you're getting $6,250 on $250,000 in, in total construction costs. So $6,000 reef uh, deduction. Mm. But in, typically on a 250 k property, based on my experience, you'd be claiming um, probably around the twelve dollars to $15,000 mark in the first year alone. So you've doubled your deduction because you, all you've done is go, go out a quantity surveyor to value plan and equipment separately from the building, which is where the value is. And so that's the idea that, you know, if the, the cost of report for five, 600 bucks, like you said, is negligible because instantly you've pretty much got all that return back within your first year or two um, alone. So it's like, why wouldn't you even, it's like you'd, you'd be silly not to engage a quantity surveyor on that idea. So my other question to that is like, when I go to the tax man, like I used to do it all myself when I was just a lowly student and you put it all through and then someone's like, oh, if you go to the tax man, you can claim it the following year and you get that as a deduction. I assume that would be the same with your services? That's right. So if you organise our services before 30 June, of course, you can claim it straight away on the tick over um, 30 June. But um, if you organise the report uh, when your tax return is due, typically, what, July, August, September, then, yes, the, the, the fee for the report of 600 bucks will be uh, claimable in the following year as a tax deduction as an immediate deduction. Fantastic. Awesome. I told you I was getting it. Absolutely. So, so <laughs> Aaron for the win. <laughs> so how do we so how do we engage your services? What's the process? I guess typically the process is a lot of people with brand new properties, um, that would be a no-brainer. You've got to get a depreciation schedule. Uh, when it comes to existing properties, there's some guidelines. The ATO won't let you claim depreciation on secondhand properties, as you know, mm-hmm. on, on, on the plant equipment. And the building itself, there is a criteria and it has to be built, I believe, on the, after the 17th of September 1987. So if you want to qualify for depreciation, you, you, that, that's the criteria. And our job then is to... Grab the details. So I need, uh, you know, I'll, 
once a client calls through or the property investor calls through, we'll grab the rental property address, work through it with uh, RP data or call logic, work out the building details, and we'll say, okay, well, based on that information and the photos provided, my estimation of the build age is around 1995. Based on that, we can then start saying, okay, this is the depreciation that you can get. Uh, we might value it at, say, $2,500 as a guaranteed deduction based on our experience and based on the uh, the, the, the the information provided by CoreLogic. We can then go ahead and organise a report if the client agrees to that guarantee. We go to the site, we might be able to yield a bit more, three or 4000 depending on what we find, but at least we have a good basis to work on based on just a data bank of information that we have and based on our previous experience with other clients. This is what you can claim on a 1995 built house based in Melbourne. Um, so that's what we'll do. That's good because, I mean, anyone obviously worth your salt in your game. Um, so if they were to call you, you're quickly going to be able to give advice to say, look, we are going to be able to uh, make this work or not. So you're not going to be pushing your barrier to say, look, you need to get one when it legitimately is not going to help someone. 100%. Uh, we've got over, I think, a thousand uh, five-star reviews on Google. <laughs> and I, I don't think we would have achieved that uh, unless we had been fortunate enough to be in this business of giving away money, <laughs> tax <Yeah>. deductions <laughs> and tax refunds. <laughs> yeah, absolutely. Well, that's great. Well, um, I mean, lastly, um, is so we've effectively we've mentioned that um, if you are an investor, you need to speak with a quantity surveyor, quite simply. Essentially. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Nothing more to say on that. It sounds yeah. like we've, uh, yeah, we've ticked it all off. That's fantastic. Uh, thanks so much for your time today, man. That was actually a really interesting listen. I was dreading waking up. I was like, I don't know anything about tax. How can I be involved in this conversation? But you've, uh, you're very charismatic and you've given us, uh, yeah, a real insight into, into all that. So thank you very much. I'm glad and, and thank you for having us. Appreciate that, guys. Not a problem at all. Um, just for anyone out there listening to get in contact with you guys, what's the best way to reach out to, to Duo Tax? Um, the easiest way is to just give us a call. So it's uh, 028991133 or you can just email me directly. It's Tuan, that's T-U-A-N, at duo, D-U-O, tax.com.au. Awesome, man. Thank you so much. And, um, yeah, thanks for joining us on the Property Pod. Thanks so much, Tuan. That was thanks great. Thanks Well, John, you've done it again. You've found yourself a guest who... Initially, I thought we were going to have a real slog, but that was really good. Yeah, it's incredible though, eh? Like, I mean, in the end, all this stuff's a dense subject, but the second you can get a good base understanding of it and then you've got someone good in your corner, it actually becomes an interesting topic to talk about because um, in the end, fundamentally, these people are about putting more money in your back pocket, so why wouldn't you want that? I think after me listening to it maybe one, two, three, ten more times, I might have a grasp on it, but <laughs> it's you were getting it out. Yeah, it was impressed. funny because as, as I was coming in, I was just like, man, I'm so scared. I don't know what I'm going to ask this guy. Like, how can I drive a conversation? I've got zero info on And he mm. was so charismatic and kind of had it all down that he was, yeah, Actually, it was a good listen. In hindsight, there's only one part of the conversation I need to remember. That's the number at the end. So when someone asks me the question, I just how much give them the phone number over and all that. And, yeah, and hit, let, let him take over. Yeah, yeah exactly. Yeah, well, for sure. I guess that's a point, you know, if you want to get right into it, you can, but if you don't, you pay the money, you give it to your accountant, job done, you know. So mm. that's the that's the whole point of having good people around you. It's good, though. It's one of those things where, it, as he said, he knew nothing about it. It's kind of fallen into his lap and now he's kind of run with it and, mm. and taken it off. So, like, it's it's something that, again, I would knew nothing about. If someone was to ask me later, do you know anything about tax d- depreciation? I'd okay. be like, I know very little. But I did have this one guy tell me about it once and, 
you know, I kind of understood it afterwards. Absolutely. Well, I mean, it's been through the case. We had Taylor talking about insurance and her first experience, like getting a uh, um, the organising insurance at the beginning of the contract. We had, um, you know, the, the title insurance element. Like there's another part that, you know, when, when would you even ask that question? So yeah. it's uh, th- th- even always, you know, it's taken all these years to even realise that, oh, you know, been in the game for so long, you're still finding out new people and new expertise that you need to rely on. Now, John, I'm a deer in headlights when it comes to freaking talking about insurance and stuff. So can we talk to someone else next time so I can get in <laughs> on the conversation? <laughs> we'll, we'll, we'll bring Taylor back there. It just like glosses over me. I'm just like, this is so confusing. <laughs> Well, I think you guys have got a guest coming in soon. I think I'm away the week um, our next guest is in, but um, we will endeavour to continue recording. And look, if you guys need a hand, shout out, and I might be able to um, sort out the hookup. All right. Beautiful. But yes, thank you for Tuan at DuoTax. Um, and we'll be back next week with more Property Pod. Cheers, gentlemen. Thanks a lot. Awesome. You have been listening to The Property Pod, produced and edited by 414 Media House in conjunction with 414 Real Estate and McGregor First National Propriety Limited. This podcast is general information only and the thoughts and views expressed is the opinion of our panel and listeners should always seek and use their own investigation into any topic we discuss to ensure they fully understand their own situation. It does not constitute and should not be relied on as purchasing, selling, financial or investment advice or recommendations expressed or implied and it should not be used as an invitation to take up any agent or investment services. No investment decision or activity should be undertaken on the basis of this information.